Podcast. Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet. Showing you how to collapse time frames in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm, I'm here to help. My, my name is Nicholas Jensen. And, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Hey, welcome back to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jensen. Today, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. And not only entrepreneurship, but we're going to talk about starting businesses as a young entrepreneur. So my guest today is Trevor Oldham. He's a serial entrepreneur and he's actually a walking example of what you can do or how you can start a business regardless of your age. His most current adventure is he works with podcasters to help them get uh, booked on shows. Uh, before that, he started a motivational company. He had about 600,000 followers in his first year. He's had a t-shirt company. Uh, he's imported products from China and he's just he's an example of what you can do in this country in the in the United States when uh trying to start a business and again it doesn't matter what age uh what age you are so welcome Trevor perfect thank you i'm happy to be here yeah thanks for thanks for joining me i think this will be a good discussion on not on entrepreneurship but starting businesses as, as a younger a younger individual if you will so for me my story is i was in corporate america for about 10 or 12 years before I broke off on my own uh, and became an entrepreneur. And hindsight's always 2020, right? So I look back and I'm like, oh man, and I did, if I could do it again, I, I would have graduated high school, flipped the bird to college and just started a business. So, and that's coming from a guy that I got a, I got a master's degree in college. And, and after that was done, I was like, ah, oh, that wasn't worth it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell us your story. Yeah, most certainly. So, is right now, so 23-year-old entrepreneur, graduated college uh, last May. Luckily, graduated then and not now. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure some of the college graduates graduating now are, are kind of scared. But, you know, I guess I would call myself an entrepreneur. Never really knew, you know, I'd had a name to it. Just growing up, I would buy and sell baseball cards. I would go to TJ Maxx, Marshalls, buy Ed Hardy clothing, try to resell it on eBay, sort of always trying to make money. I would even, you know, go door to door lemonade selling, you know, all that sort of thing when I was younger, just to try to make money, never knew, you know, what it was called. I went through high school, I worked at a local sporting goods store, um, I was making $7 an hour, worked there three months, got a raise to $7 and three cents an hour. And I realized, you know, maybe, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's time to get out of here. And I, but I, it was one of those things like, what do I do? I'm just, I'm unsure what I can do next. And it was, it was very frustrating. And Honestly, I'm not sure. Somehow, some way, I came across a book and it was differences between the upper, middle, and lower class. And one of the things, the differences between the upper class and the lower middle is usually most people in the upper class, they've started the business. And I said, hey, you know, I've, you know, I've done these little things here and there. You know, maybe I could go out and start a business. And this was around my senior year in high school. And I found out about this website called Alibaba. And basically, you can import products from China pretty cheap. So I imported 50 phone cases for $80. I tried to sell them on eBay, quickly learned out that when you sell something um, from China that has a brand name, it's probably going to be knockoff. So I had to got that product back, um, just basically sold it to my friends and family. So that was like the first sort of start of investing my money in my own company, super small start. But I love these products on AliExpress and Alibaba. And I ended up finding these bracelets and watches. Um, that had basically like a sailor ocean theme and being from the Cape Cod area, thought it was a perfect fit, bought the bracelets for a dollar, um, sold them for $18.99, bought the watches for $2, 
um, sold them for $20.99 and sort of grew the brand that way. It was, I worked with a lot of influencers, basically people on Instagram that had 10 to 10,000 to a hundred thousand followers. I would say, Hey, you know, can I give you a free product to promote my brand? And all the costs would be cost to ship it, which is like $3 and the cost of the item, you know, four to $5 in total. And I, and I really built the brand that way. And you can definitely check it out. It's called Trevor James products. All the, the company's not, you know, no longer around, but it's still out there on Instagram. So I kind of built the company up that way. A cool story is I worked with an influencer called Cassie Randolph. And for those of you who don't know, um, she won The Bachelor. Or the Bachelor. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it, but she won won the show, um, I, w- I want to say last year. And it was really cool because my girlfriend was watching. And I was like, wow, that girl looks super familiar. But I'm like, I've, I've never met her. I was like, huh, I wonder if she modeled one of my bracelets. And I, and I scrolled, scrolled through my photos and I found out um, that she had been promoting my brand for free, you know, and now she has probably millions of followers. So that was a cool little tidbit, but just kept on going. I was, it was, this company was geared towards females. It wasn't something I was, I guess, super passionate about. I didn't really like as much importing products from China. I wanted to make more of a difference. I felt bad. These products are probably getting made in a sweatshop and just ethically didn't sit that, that good with me. So I started a company called Become the Lion. I wanted to motivate other people to become the best version of themselves. I was super into personal development. Um, and that sort of thing. And I realized a lot of college students weren't. Um, so together, me and a partner of mine, we grew this brand called Become the Lion. It grew super fast, 600,000 followers in the first year, blog, podcast. Um, we came out with a book, some courses and that sort of thing, but learned, um, you know, just because you're able to motivate people doesn't mean that they're going to buy from you. So even though we had this, this massive audience, um, didn't necessarily mean that people were going to buy from us. So after about three years of just grinding it out every single day, I just I felt like I was burnt out and decided to leave that company and sort of unsure what to do next. I you know took up some freelancing gigs, found someone that wanted to get booked on podcasts. Um, you know I'd book client or I'd book guests on my own show. Um, so I was like sort of familiar with it. Worked with her, sort of learned the process, and then just over time got some more clients, got some referrals, put some marketing, and and that sort of grew the company. I, I have now and it's it's nice because it actually makes money <laughs> on a on a monthly basis where it become the line over three years i I probably lost a lot more money than I ever made uh interesting so that, there's a there's quite a bit to unpack there for only being twenty three <laughs> years old so the first thing that the first question that I have is college so you said you graduated from college last year, correct yep correct so what are your thoughts around college now I mean I graduated I think uh, I got my master's degree in two thousand and can't remember, maybe 10 or 12. I can't remember. So what's your, what's your thoughts around college these days? I've got some pretty, I'm pretty opinionated about college, but I'm curious as to your thoughts. I think for, honestly, for now, from what I've seen, you know, I'll give you a couple tidbits. One, best thing I ever did was get away from my friends and sort of my, I don't want to make it sound harsh, but immediate family. Cause I was sort of in their thought process for the entire, you know, growing up, being around the same people all the time. When I went to college, I was on my own for the first time. I started reading books. I remember the first book I ever read was Steve Jobs or Walter Isaacson. Um, that was my, you know, still my favorite book. And just got into personal development and started to almost like think for myself for the first time. So I think in that aspect of it, um, college was definitely good. And I, I put at least I put my four years to good to good use. Um, but for someone that is thinking about going, either starting a call going to college or starting a business, you know, I think you have to look at it, you know, is your business viable? Um, you know, could you live at home for a couple more years? Because odds are you're not going to be able to go out and get your own place while you're, you know, starting to grow this business. You're going to learn a lot. But I think if it's something that you want to eventually get a job or a field that you're interested in, if you're 
going to college to major in entrepreneurship, it's probably not going to be the best thing. There's, you know, there's nothing I learned in school that really taught me anything that I didn't already know. You know, you can do everything by the books, but they're not going to tell you when a client, you know, doesn't want to pay you a thousand dollars and stops answering your emails or when you hire an employee and, and they quit one week later, you know, that's, that stuff's not, that stuff's not written in books and there's no, there's no fire drills, you know, which it is, it's case studies in school. So anyone that's coming out, I just like, look at your situation. If you want to become a doctor, you know, then obviously you're going to have to go to school, but if you want to start your sort of your own business, you know, if, let's say it's a painting company, you know, there's no real reason you know, why you need to go to college. There's going to be no applicable schools. There's tons of things. I always use like Udemy. If I want to learn something, buy a course, go on Amazon, buy a book. So there's so many different ways you can self-teach. And I can see I graduated college. Um, didn't check my student loan debt. When I graduated, I graduated with $90,000 in debt. But I can say I I tried my best to put my four years to the best use that I could. And as of now, I owe a little bit under 24000 in uh I want to, what is that like 13, 14 months? So I want to say like, if you go to college and you want, and you still want to start a business on the side, just don't, don't waste your time while you're there. Don't be partying, watching Netflix. And that was like the biggest thing for me is instead of going out and partying, I was just self-educating. Um, but I definitely think that's something that someone could do without going to college. But I think it's just really up to you and what you want. But I would probably recommend if I could do it again, probably, probably not go to college. I mean, with the amount of money I spent on my loans, I would have rather have like taken that and purchased the house or bought some real estate investments, you know, and that sort of thing that's held me back. So I would, if I could do it again, I probably wouldn't, uh, probably wouldn't go. And, and it's a hard, it's a hard decision because a lot of kids are growing up and their friends are going to college, their parents want them to go to college. It's a, it's a big decision. But I think going back, if you just start a business small and then just try to grow up, you know, while you're still, still in high school or show somewhat promise, it might make that conversation a little bit easier. Yes. I, I've got a lot of the same opinions. I, I think college is good. Like if you know you want to be in a career that requires a degree, so doctor, lawyer, mm -hmm. engineer, something like that, then like you don't have any choice, right? You have to go to college. Mm -hmm. But if you're on the fence, if you're waffling, or if you're like, hey, I want to I want to be in business, I want to be an entrepreneur, like you're wasting your time. It, it, mm -hmm. It's a matter of you just need to jump into the deep end of the pool and get some experience and, and go from there. But corporate America, you know, they like college degrees. So if corporate America is, you know, the route you want to go, then maybe you do go to college, right? But I think in today's day and age and technology wise, it's becoming less and less relevant to have a mm -hmm. college degree. Like back in the eighties, if you had, a, let's say an MBA, that was a big deal. Today, if you have an MBA, it join the club, right? You're a dime a dozen. So interesting. So let's talk about uh, kind of your unpacking this entrepreneurial journey. So you were pretty young as you started mm -hmm. your company. And I think I mentioned to you before we started recording here, like I've got, I've got a few kids, right? Well, mm -hmm. I don't want to make it sound like I got a lot. I got four <laughs> kids total. So yeah. I don't want to make it sound like I've got a herd. I just have, I have, I have four kids, but I often um, am thinking about or asking myself, how can I instill in them kind of this entrepreneurial spirit because hindsight's always 2020. Like I look back and I'm like, in my opinion, this is the way to go. In order to, to fulfill your life and live your dream, it's really kind of control your own destiny and create something, right? Mm -hmm. Create something business-wise or create something in such a way that you can, you can make money and you can sustain a living. So I'm always asking myself, you know, how I can uh, help to encourage and motivate uh, my kids 
to kind of do something on their own. So from your perspective, was it something, was it just kind of instilled in you that you, that you just loved entrepreneurship and and the business or from your perspective and, and peers that you hang around, do you see that it's something that a younger generation can kind of learn versus it just comes natural to them um, just kind of because that's who they are? Yeah, I think for Matt, for myself, it was sort of guided. I mean, for me, I've I've always just wanted to make money on my own. I just never, even when I was working in that sports store, it was for me, it was, my mindset was like, I could run the store better than this company's running the store. You know, and it's was, it was always for me, it's like, why am I going to spend, you know, waste my hour of my life making, you know, getting paid $7 an hour and making this money, you know, $250 an hour. So it was always for me, it was like my time was super super valuable and I didn't want to be spending it, you know, with, with a company, you know, where I felt as though I could be doing a better job. And I just hate, I hate when people give me orders. It's my, you know, it's a, it's a pet peeve, you know, in, in college that happened, you know, a lot with, with homework and things. But for me, it was like, I want to run things the way I want to run them. And I think that being an employee, you don't necessarily get that say, and you can't really voice your opinion and also your income's capped. You know, I could work a hundred hours at that company and I would only make, you know, $700 where I can run a hundred, you know, work a hundred hours in my own business and make a lot more than, than $700. And I just feel as though I never wanted, I felt trapped and I feel like just having a job, I'm sure there's listeners out there, but you just feel like trapped no matter how many hours you work, your income is going to be capped no matter how good of a job you do. You know, you're not going to, you know, you might get a bonus or you might not. It's just expected of you. And for me, it was always just not having that sort of that ceiling where, I felt like, oh, I'm getting paid $7 an hour. Why am I going to work, you know, harder, you know, than, than someone else where running my own company, if I work harder, I'm most likely going to be generating more money. What opportunities do you see from your perspective? Do you see these days for a younger individual to start a business? Like what opportunities are, are out there that you think younger individuals could really latch onto and create something great over 5, 10, 15 years? I think the first one that comes to mind is starting sort of like a social media agency where there's companies out there that they want, you know, you know, they want posts created for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And a lot of people in my generation, you know, we grew, we sort of grew up with those sort of, you know, social media outlets. And what I would recommend to anyone that's thinking about starting it is, you know, it's going to be, it might be a little hard to break your foot in the door, but once you do, it's going to be a lot easier. And there's, you know, you know, like what I did to break into my business that I run now is I use the service like Upwork. Basically, it's a freelance site. You can go on there and type in, you know, social media, and it'll pull up all the jobs for people that are looking for people to help them out with their social media. And then you can sort of just latch onto them and sort of help them, you know, create posts for their, you know, different social media accounts. And you can use a tool like Canva. Um, There's a lot of free tools like that that you can use and sort of design these posts, create these posts for these companies. I think that's the way to get started because once you sort of get in with them with their social media, then you can get in with them, you know, learn a little bit more about their ad spend, get in with them with their, so, with their blog content, get in with them with their email marketing and become like a full service agency. So for anyone that, you know, I think that's the easiest way, you know, our generation, we know how to create a post on, on Instagram. You know, we probably know just seeing hundreds and hundreds of them over the course of time, what looks nice, what doesn't look nice, what we like, brand, you know, what feels too salesy, what doesn't feel too salesy, what appeals to us. And then given the tools that are already out there to design a post, that's where I'd probably start. And I know for me, that was something, you know, 
I did, I just approached like a local company and said, Hey, do you want me to create some social media posts for you? You know, they paid me $50 a month. There wasn't anything, you know, special. I'd create, you know, three posts a week for them, but just approaching your local businesses and saying, Hey, you know, you know, I noticed you have an Instagram account, you know, do you like me to, you know, help you out with it, grow it, you know, and continue to make posts for you. And you can just take photo. you do, you go in there with your phone, take pictures of their merchandise, take pictures of the customers go there, you know, once a week, once a month, and then you have enough content for, for the month. So that's probably what I would recommend is really starting off in that solar social media agency space on having, you know, working with a local business to help, you know, just get more exposure on social media. Cause a lot of the times these small business owners, they're, you know, older, they don't really care about it as much where you can come in and they trust that you're young and that you have the skills and then you can help them, you know, grow their business a little bit further that way. So you referenced in that dialogue that younger people kind of know, you know, what feels too salesy, what doesn't feel too salesy, things like that. But that's targeting kind of millennials, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, or Gen Z. Do you think that a young individual could take that same concept and adapt it to attract, let's say an older generation. So let's say my, my generation, 40 plus up to, you know, 60, 70 plus people that, so from a business perspective, typically the older you get, the more expendable capital you have to, to, mm-hmm. to spend, right? Not saying yeah. that younger kids don't have money to spend, but from a, a larger or kind of a broad perspective, older individuals typically have more money to spend. So from a social media agency standpoint, do you think that kids can quickly come in and target my generation or, or older via social media? Or do you think that that's a pretty steep lear- learning curve that, that companies need to be aware of when they're hiring younger individuals you know, that, that are trying to do social media for them? Yeah, I think anyone can come in and work with, you know, your generation and go out there and create posts for them. I mean, it's really, it's really not that difficult. You could, you know, you could watch a course on how to create a nice looking social media post. You could, you know, like I mentioned, Canva, YouTube, there's tons of tools. And like you mentioned that, you know, the, usually the older age group is going to have more capital, you know, to spend, especially you could target businesses. You could just look it up. You know, if you've known a business has been in your town for 10, 20 years, the most likely they're going to be successful versus a business that started last year, they're probably more leery on, you know, giving you money. They're probably still start in that startup phase where they, you know, even if they see the value in it, they're probably not going to give you that money. But if you, you know, I don't know for myself, you know, there's a business in our town that was been running for 50 years. That's the business that I approached. Um, there's new owners that took it over. You know, they were loved in the town, but they just, they just weren't posting on social media. And I was like, Hey, that's an opportunity. All I'm going to do is, you know, post on their social media and that's going to drive, you know, more engagement and then, you know, more sales. So I think, that's another part. You could just look, you know, at the businesses within your town, see, you know, one, how long have they been around? You know, usually target businesses 10, 20 years or more. And then two, check out their social media. Does it look like someone's already running their account? Do they, do they post every day? Do they, you know, do you look and see their last post within 2018? Then clearly, you know, that they need, they need some help. So there's, and that way it's a lot easier to present the offer. You say, Hey, you know, I'm coming to you. You know, I can help you out with your Instagram account by, you know, creating more posts that will lead to, you know, more customer engagement. And it's really, you know, starting out with one account, I never put more than two or three hours a month into the work. So especially someone that's like more conscious about their time, it's just something sort of to get started that way. Cool. What, uh, so social media, you're starting a small social media agency is one way. Uh, what are some other opportunities out there you see for young entrepreneurs? Um, so definitely, you know, one going to be that social media agency. And then two, I think it's just 
more sort of flipping the products that, that are out there. You know, you could go into a store, you know, a thrift store, Marshalls, um, there's tools out there that you can check the prices. You know, that's one thing that I've done, you know, every Christmas, not every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, you know, I still go out to all the game stops, buy all the games, um, buy all the brand new games. And then I flip them on eBay, pay for my Christmas, you know, however much I'm going to spend on Christmas. I usually make enough back to pay for all the Christmas gifts. So that's one, you know, going out there, you know, finding, you know, flipping, and that's a little bit more around town, but it's just, it's just anything that gets you into that mindset of making money for yourself. You know, I would say, you know, you could go out there, go to a beach, you could get a permit, you could probably start selling, you know, drinks, you could go to like, you know, I'm not sure what you have the listeners have, but we have like a BJ's, you can go out there and buy, you know, 24 cans of soda for $10, you sell each can of soda for a buck, you make $14. I know that's another option, you know, depending on where you live. So there's, I think there's just numerous opportunities that are out there just given in the local market. And that's not even including if you use a service like Upwork, where, you know, depending on what some of your skills might be, where you could use uh, to really find other gigs. But that's another one where I definitely recommend is sort of that's finding and flipping um, in your local local area. Because that's another easy sort of thing just to, just to start to make money under your belt. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to go there with a U-Haul and buy 10,000 library books and, and flip them. It's more just to find items here and there that can just get you into that mindset of making money for yourself. Yeah, there's a book out there that just recently came out. I think, uh, uh, I want to say the author is Ryan Moran, and it talks mm-hmm. about, I haven't read the book, I've just read highlights of it. Um, and it basically talks about taking a business like you just talked about, selling products and, and making it a million dollar business. It kind of gives a step-by-step process. And I've always wondered, um, or not, I've always wondered, ever since that book came out and I've perused it a little bit, I've been curious to, to think, I wonder if a teenager could, could take mm-hmm. this, take this book, uh, digest it, and be able to do what it says to do, right? Be able to actually build a business that they could, you know, they could take to a million dollars. Because basically it's, my understanding, and again, I haven't read the book, so I'm kind of giving you the highlights. <laughs> but my understanding is you're just basically taking the science of sales and saying, okay, if I need to make a, or make a million dollar business, I need to sell X amount of this product. And then you just back it out and you start from zero. Okay, my goal is to start selling X amount every week to X amount every month. And you know, within 12, 18 months, you, you're creating a million dollar business. The point is, I've wondered if, Young, a younger in, individual, so let's say 16 to 22, 23, could take that content and, and run with it. In your peer group and the people that you're hanging around, do you, like, do you think that's possible or do you think that there's, there's not enough maturity there yet for them to kind of grasp hold of that kind of a concept? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, honestly, I think it really depends on who, they, who, they, who they're hanging around with. Are you hanging around with you know, kids that are you know, partying, you know, not into personal development? I know for myself, that used, to be, that used to be my friends. And when I got away from them and, and more into the crowd that was more serious about building a business for you know, people that are my age, you know, in college, I joined uh, an entrepreneurship you know, club. So I was around people with the same sort of mindset. So one, it definitely depends on who you're hanging around with. You know, nine times out of 10, if you're around a friend and you have this, you know, idea for a business, whatever it might be, and you say, I want to scale this to a million dollars, you grab a, you grab a, you know, a notepad, you write down, all right, you know, I'm selling the product for 
$100, this is how many units I have to sell over X amount of time, you know, and someone, well, then you're going to show your friends and they're gonna be like, oh, that's not possible. You know, we've never done that so that you can't do that. But if you're around, you know, people of the sort of the same like-minded mindset and you show them like that, they're going to be more encouraging you. So I think just being around the people that are going to elevate you and lift you up. I know that it can be sometimes hard as a younger person. You know, a lot of times if you grew up in the same town and you had the same friends your entire life, but you, you know, at some point you're going to want to break that off and it's, it might be hard, but you don't want to be around people that are bringing you down. And that would probably be the biggest setback that I would see from someone, you know, who's 16 to 22 is just not wanting to sort of leave that pack and want to stay with them and live that average lifestyle that their friends might go on to live. And it's really just branching out and it's not an easy thing to do, but it's something that I think that is, that was something that was for me was a necessary because I can see my friends I used to be friends with and they're in a totally different place. I'm, you know, I'm sure they're, they're living off fine, but I just feel like by leaving that pack, I was able to advance myself so much further than if I had stayed there. So basically the crux of this podcast is Trevor is telling you to break up with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you've mentioned it. So I agree with you hundred percent. Like the environment that you're around kind of dictates who you are, right? Like it, mm-hmm. I mean, if you equate it to sports, right? It, if an individual is competing against high school kids, they may be the very best uh, of those peers, right? But you step mm-hmm. up into the college level or the professional level, and it's a whole different ball game, right? So mm-hmm. it, and it's not only in the sports world that that works, but it's also in the business world and in life in general, right? Typically, you see losers and thugs hanging out with losers and thugs. And typically, you see very successful individuals hanging out with other very successful individuals. So mm-hmm. you've mentioned though a couple of times, personal development has, been, has made a big impact on you. And, and I couldn't agree, agree more. Personal development is absolutely essential if you're wanting to grow as an individual. But for you, what has been some of the, the biggest impacts from personal development or what resources have you used that have created the biggest impact on you from a personal development standpoint? I think number one, it's going to be developing a routine. Before I read personal development, I would, you know, sleep in till 10 in the morning, you know, hop on my phone, you know, scroll through Instagram, scroll through Twitter, that sort of thing, get out unmotivated. And I found that by having sort of a set morning routine, which is the biggest part of my personal development, you know, allow me to achieve, you know, really great things in my life. Number one thing, um, the book, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, that's the, that was the number one key. I read that in college, and I, and I took that to heart. I used to get up at you know four a, four a.m. in the morning. I would you know do my sort of miracle morning from four to you know five thirty in the morning, and then would begin work you know five at around five thirty six. And I wouldn't have class till eight thirty, so I would have about you know two and a half to two hours to really grow myself. And then I would get into class, be all pumped up from what from what I did, and there'd just be kids you know dragging dragging out of bed. So having a morning routine is super important. And that's probably the number one thing. The biggest book that I can recommend is that book by Hal Elrod. And there's other things like, you know, it's weird. You read a lot about successful people that take cold showers and you talk to the normal person and they, they think you're crazy talking about taking cold showers. Well, who am I to, you know, people love warm showers. <laughs> I guess that's the bottom line. Yeah. But there's so, there's so many benefits of taking a cold shower, you know, and that was one of those concepts I learned in personal development. And I tell you what, every time I take a, every time I take a shower, you know, the last thing that I want to do is turn that water to cold. 
But by doing that, I feel as though it mentally instills more willpower in myself. And, you know, there's, I'm sure if you, some of the audience have heard of Wim Hof, you can check out, you know, him, you know, I'm not saying you have to hike up, <laughs> hike up a mountain, you know, in the, in the snow with just shorts on, you don't have to do that. But just, you know, taking a cold shower is one thing, you know, just sort of just building that morning routine, setting goals. You can read any book by, you know, Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, goal setting, you know, think about it. I like to make the analogy. If you're, if you're a pilot, and you hop in a plane, you don't have any, you don't, you know, let's say you're flying from Boston to, you know, Salt Lake City, you know, you have a point A to point B, and you know exactly, you know, what you need to do to get there, you at least have the steps mapped out. But if you're flying out of Boston, and you don't have anywhere to be, you're just going to fly all over. Whereas goal setting, you know, if I say to myself, I want to make 100,000, you know, in the next year, next six months, I'm going to, I can sit down and create out a map versus if I said, oh, I want to make more money, or I want to leave my my job, you know, there's no clear plan behind that. So goal setting is super important. And that was something I learned along with personal development and something that, you know, you just, you just, if you don't have a trajectory on where you're going, you're going to end up at a place that you probably don't want to be. Sure. So going back to kind of opportunities for younger individuals, something that came to my mind, what about younger individuals starting podcasts? Because you think about, the podcast space is still relatively new, mm-hmm. right? In fact, with with Spotify acquiring Joe Rogan for $100 million, it kind of gives you a glimpse of where this industry may be going. But from a young individual's perspective, like, do you think there's opportunities for them in the podcasting space? Oh, most certainly. I would say probably my biggest regret I have today is not continuing up with that for my podcast from, you know, two years ago. And that that was one of the biggest things for my personal development and opening up my eyes and being able to interview people. I remember just from my dorm room, I would interview like Joel Brown from Addicted to Success. Um, who are the other, who are the, who's the one I was just thinking of? Dan Locke, um, Ryan Stuman, John Lee Dumas. Um, I was even gracious enough to be able to interview Mike Dillard. And, you know, if I, if you reached out to Mike Dillard and you said, Hey Mike, can I get, you know, 30 minutes of your time? He's probably going to say no, but if you say, hey, Mike, can I interview you on my podcast? You know, I said it like, hey, Mike, I'm a 19-year-old entrepreneur. I'm starting this podcast. You're one of my favorite people that I, I love to listen to your show. I love to follow your content. I would love to have you on as a guest. And he came on to my show, and I got to spend, it ended up being around 45 minutes. I got to talk with him one-on-one. You know, that's what, that's what podcasting is going to open up as a young entrepreneur, and you're going to essentially be these people who I thought were my, you know, or who still are some of my idols, you know. I was in turn being able to interview them and just take their wealth of knowledge. And I can even, my favorite guest I ever interviewed uh, was Dan Locke. And I spent an hour interviewing Dan. And he actually took the next 15 minutes after the interview to talk to me about how I can improve my business, these certain different ideas. He never asked for any money. He never asked if I wanted to be a coaching client. He just, just because I was a young entrepreneur and he, you know, and these entrepreneurs, they remember what it was like when they were starting out and they were young and that it's tough to break into the business. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. And I would definitely recommend starting it. You know, it's not, it's not easy. You know, I did, I did everything myself, the editing, the booking, but it can definitely be done. I would recommend Pat Flynn has a tutorial on YouTube on how to edit your podcast. Um, So that would, that would definitely be one I recommend to watch. If you want to edit your podcast, you really don't need that much to get started. You just basically need a podcast mic um, and you're, and you're sort of good to go. You probably want to have at least a basic minimal website to share. And then, you know, there's really not that much to get started. You're going to sound terrible in the beginning. I can guarantee you. I remember I interviewed John Gordon um, in the beginning and 
I messed up his name <laughs> so so bad that he had to help me out saying the intro and he was, I don't know, the fourth or fifth guest. And it might not be easy when I started. I absolutely, I loved interviewing people, but I hated the lead up. I got super nervous, uh, you know, got the adrenaline rush and I was like, oh man, I hope the guest doesn't show up. And then once I got into the interview, you know, it was good from, it was pretty much good from there. And I just think, you know, it might be scary. It's this big, it's this big process, but it really doesn't necessarily have to be. And the wealth of knowledge that you get from these entrepreneurs that want to help these entrepreneurs, you know, it's a lot easier than if I was a 40 year old trying to interview Mike Dillard on my podcast. I think he takes more kindly to, you know, a 20 year old entrepreneur because he knows that he's, he knows that he's trying. He knows that he wants to help him out. And Mike knows that he'll help him out by going on to his show as that'll give him more notoriety and help him get, you know, big guests like Mike down the road. I'm so glad you you brought that up because going back to this concept of you know age shouldn't defy you as an uh, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. I don't think that young kids realize. I mean, as you grow up and you get more experience, your confidence tends to increase, right? But looking back, I don't think kids or young individuals understand the power that they have with their youth. Meaning, mm-hmm. what you just talked about. Most successful individuals are willing to take time, a phone call, a podcast interview from a 19-year-old who's just trying to, who's just starting out trying to make his way in the world versus a, a middle-aged individual who's either already established or has got some experience and things like that. Because it's this idea of wanting to send the elevator back down, right? It, it's, it's like creating wealth. As you create wealth, the whole idea behind creating wealth is to be able to, one, make the world a better place, but two, give a hand out, not a hand out, but give a hand up to the next generation, right? Set them up in such a way that they've got resources in which they can perpetuate that and make the world an even better place by the time that they leave. So it's this idea of sending the elevator back down. Successful individuals in their middle middle ages, let's take a Mike Dillard for for example. He's yeah, he's willing to send the elevator back down to a 20-year-old, but mm-hmm. to send the elevator horizontally to somebody his same age, he's probably less likely to do. And I don't under I don't think that kids understand that that's super, super powerful. Um, that's a strategic advantage that if they can grab a hold of and run with, and and I mean you know, do your best to be professional and add as much value as you can and things like that. But man, take that and run like crazy and just see how far you can go with it. Fast forward five years, you're probably going to have a network of some extremely successful individuals just because you kind of played the youth card. And that I always, and I still, you know, as I get older, it's kind of scary because I love, that was the number one thing that I did when I started off my podcast. You know, I started it when I was 19 and that was the biggest thing is I would email these guests, you know, Hey, you know, Hey Mike, you know, I'm a non, you know, 19 year old entrepreneur. I always, always included my age, but didn't make it over the top and just went in, you know, I started my own podcast interviewing successful individuals, big fan of your content, big fan of your show. And would you want to come on? And I think leveraging your age as much as you can, especially among these, these older groups, I'm sure they remember what it was like when, when they were starting out and they want to be helpful. Like you mentioned, like that elevator, you know, they want to push it back down and, you know, that was the big, I always played that card when I, when I had that podcast and I think it allowed, gave me some access to some guests. I probably wouldn't have been able to get access to if I, you know, was a little bit older. Yeah. I mean, you've got to, you've got to play the hand that's dealt to you. 
and you've got to play it to your advantage for sure. So talk to us a little bit uh, about your current business. So your current business is um, in the podcast space, but talk to us a little bit about that. If individuals want to reach out to you and get a hold of you, how would they, how would they do that? Yeah, most certainly. So out of, you know, all the entrepreneurship endeavors, I, you know, I've landed on a company called Podcasting You. Um, I've run that going on, you know, close to three years now. So we basically work with guests that want to get booked on podcasts. Primarily, it's going to be individuals that are making six figures and above. Basically, your your business owners, online business owners, entrepreneurs, real estate investors, and we'll go out there. We'll create a pitch, media kit, and we also have a database of shows. And we'll just go out there and get you booked on these shows. Our main goal is anyone can go out there and get themselves booked on podcasts. Um, I recently wrote a blog post for a site called Good Egg Investments that literally outlines step-by-step on how someone can get themselves booked. Our goal is we just come in. If you want someone that wants to save you time, because it can be a lot of work and you know, creating your promotional materials, reaching out to hosts, doing that sort of follow-up, we're more there to save you time and then also to speak to your target audience. And we have some of these relationships built with hosts. So if you are someone that's listening and wants to get, you know, thinking about getting booked on podcasts, more than happy to talk talk to you, walk you through our process even further. Um, and that website is just podcastingyou.com. Uh, and then, you know, anyone that has any questions, whether it's about podcasting, entrepreneurship, especially if you're a, you're a young entrepreneur listening to the show, you can always reach me by email at uh, Trevor, T-R-E-V-O-R at podcastingyou.com. And I'm more than happy uh, to help, you know, especially young entrepreneurs out in any way that I can. Hey, thanks for joining us, Trevor. I think this is a valuable conversation for me uh, from a parent's perspective, really trying to try, trying to help my kids, you know, figure out their way in life and, and what they want to do. But, you know, kids that are listening to this or younger individuals that are listening to this podcast, being able to look to you and say, hey, age shouldn't defy you. I can be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur now and I can build my own business now. I think this is a, a valuable conversation because as I mentioned earlier, I think society's changing. What was super valuable in the past, i.e. college degrees, I think is less and less valuable in the, in the future. And I think there's more opportunities for individuals to create income on their own by mastering a skill set that, that they love and sharing that with other individuals. So we, uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show and we will see you guys next time. Have a great day. If you want to learn more about me, you can visit my website at www.nicholascjensen.com or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Nicholas Jensen underscore. That's at Nicholas Jensen underscore. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because you do not want to miss out. We'll see you next time on Unlimited Wealth.